0: Turn to the book of Revelation, if you will. Revelation chapter 1, and we will be reading only the first three verses of Revelation chapter 1. As I was preparing to come and trying to determine the Lord's will for our thought, or His thought, where we were to go today in the Word, he brought to our mind and our heart the letters to the churches, and as I began to look at those again and try to pray about, was there one in particular that I should be focused upon? I backed up and I, I, I thought, well, let let's get this the setting again. Let's let's make sure we're grounded in, in the beginning of this of this book. Clearly, when one preaches from Revelation, he begins, uh. A, a, a journey that can be difficult, and I don't know how far we'll go. I know we're going to go through the first three today. And that's all I know for sure. I do feel a, a sense that we might get at least through the church, letters to the churches. I feel the Lord would have us to do that. But this is where he wants us to be today. It's just the first three verses to get the context of all the rest of what he's going to say to his churches. And it's its own message, and it's important for us to understand these first three verses in order to rightly understand any of the rest of Revelation. and So let us read there and, and we will move uh, forward and trust that God would speak to your hearts as only he can and that we never could but he will if we'll listen. Revelation chapter 1 just the first three verses. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to show to his servants The title for our message today is the first five words of this reading, The Revelation of Jesus Christ. When people think about the book of Revelation, they often think of things, what immediately occurs, I think, often, are things like the thousand-year imprisonment of Satan. What is, what is that about? We, they think about the tribulation. Will the church be raptured out of the world before Jesus returns? And all of those things that follow the return of Christ, or precede the return of Christ, however you interpret it, they think of the seven-headed beast of chapter 13. They think of the battle of Armageddon, and the end of all things. We think of the new heavens and the new earth, and Many things come to mind when we think or hear about the book of Revelation. And those are good things, of course. They're not things that don't exist, things for us to wrestle with. But I think it can be easy for men to misunderstand, misplace their understanding of the rest of Revelation because these first five words are forgotten or misunderstood themselves. This book of Revelation we're told right out of the gate what it is. And it is this, the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what it is. It's not a book of confusing things that picture future events merely. This book is the revelation of Of Jesus Christ. It is then. As we think of that. What Christ. Reveals. It's what he. Reveals. In one of the study Bibles that I have. I read this and I want to quote it for you. Revelation. Draws back the curtain of the unseen realities of life. For God's people. There is a spiritual battle going on. And the risen Jesus reveals these visions to John so that God's church will be aware of what is happening now and in the future. Draws back the curtain of what appears to be going on to remind and to show and to reveal what is going on in the world, in our lives. There are a lot of things that appear to be going on today men and women in positions of power and influence in governments across the world that we perhaps agree or disagree with. There are wars going on, and there always have been. There are things that are happening that seem to be of great importance, and perhaps they have a measure of importance. But the revelation of Jesus Christ pulls back the curtain from those things and shows us greater things still that are happening and going on and it is Christ that reveals them. The book of Revelation is the revelation that Christ reveals, not merely a book that reveals Christ. And there is a difference. What we read in the 22 chapters of Revelation are the things that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has revealed to us, has shown to us. And that is what he says. And why is that important? It's because the one who knows all has ever been and will ever be, who knows everything about your life and mine and the other seven billion people on the planet today, and all who have come before and all who will come after, and every event to him is known and seen. He has lived every moment of your life to this point and every moment of your life that will come, and so can be said for all other people." this is the one who is revealing things to us. So certainly we should be interested in what he has to show us. It is the revelation of Christ, and Christ is the great revealer of truth and reality. What actually is. What is and what is not. And had Christ the Lord Jesus Christ not revealed what he revealed to us here in this book, and not only in this book, but in his life through the Gospels. Had he not revealed what he has revealed, we would all still be in darkness. And it is the lack of an understanding of what Christ has revealed that keeps us in darkness. But he has shined the light of truth. Christ himself has revealed, has been the revelator of what we are to know. Men, ourselves, we could have searched for millennia after millennia and never found the truth that Christ alone reveals. We would have never found it. Our own lives, I think, Remain shrouded in mystery until Jesus reveals to us what they are. Without His revelation, they are things that we don't understand. Not fully. Those existential questions that man has been asking himself since time began are answered in that which Christ reveals. They're not answered anywhere else. Who am I? Why am I alive? What am I to do with this life that I've been given that I know is set in its time and it is limited? It is not going to go on and on and on. Who am I and why do I have life as I've said? And what am I to do here? And perhaps most pressing, what happens when I die? Well, Christ has revealed the answers to these questions. No one else has not in the way that is ground in the human heart as and rings with the truth that Christ reveals. He has revealed to us who we are. That we are creatures made in his likeness and in his image, but we are also sinful having chosen sin. And he reveals to us who God is, who he is, and, and about his righteousness and so In so doing, Christ has revealed to us our sin and God's righteousness, his holiness, and these two things cannot exist together. One is going to overcome the other. He reveals that broken relationship between us and God, and Christ has revealed to us the remedy and the solution and the way of salvation so that we might once again be made right with God. But it is Christ that has revealed this. It is Jesus who has revealed this. And this book of Revelation is a picture of what God's people are to understand as they move forward in the world. And what we we perhaps want to just take a moment and ask those of you that are here today what Christ has revealed to you about yourself and himself. Are you hearing what he is saying? This book is what Christ reveals most specifically to his churches, to his followers, to his people, and what he wants them to know as they move forward after the time of the apostles, most specifically. You see, the scriptures are coming to a close, and you know this. This is the last book of the Bible. It's John on the Isle of Patmos. He's a very old man at this point, and he receives the revelation of Christ. But it's, he is the penman, he is the secretary, we might say. He is the recorder, but he is not the author. This is Jesus' revelation to us, to his church, and He's going to go into revealing to the churches what he wants them to know revealing to them the things that he believes and he knows that they will need to know. Christ reveals to them what they need to know as the apostles close their eyes in death and the final one with John himself. You see, as John is writing this book of Revelation on the island of Patmos, the previous 100 years, by some measure, the previous 100 years had been a time of world-changing events. From the birth of Christ himself, his life, his death, his resurrection, that, that world-shattering 30 years of the time of Christ's birth to his death and resurrection, world-changing moments, all of history prior to it was looking forward to that day. All of history since that day looks back to these days, to those 30 years, and then those 70 years that followed, and those first 30 particularly with the book of Acts. The church's growth under that the direction of the apostles, and and it spread throughout most of the known world, and, and the miracles that had been going on for these 100 years through first with Christ, and then the power that he gave to his apostles to continue them. There are some 70 miracles in the New Testament that are recorded. And according to John chapter 20 verse 30, there are many that aren't. Miracles have been going on. People have been seeing undeniable proofs of the, of the Son of God being Jesus Christ and all the things that he had done. And again, the rapid expansion. Paul's three recorded missionary journeys in the book of Acts takes him throughout most of Asia and into Europe. The missionary journey is undertaken by others that the scriptures don't take into account. So for a hundred years, under the direction of the apostles that the Lord himself had trained, largely under their influence and leadership, the church had been expanding and God had been with his people. But now, when the book of Revelation is being written, that time is coming to an end. Some may have wondered or thought, That with the death of the apostles and this final one with John that it would perhaps be the end of Christianity. That it would be the beginning at least of the end of Christianity but it was merely the beginning of the beginning of the church age. But God is not going to leave his people without instruction and we need to understand what is being said to us here. While this period of time was coming to an end like all others have and all others will until the end of time itself, the church is going to continue on because Christ has revealed to us what we are to know, what we're supposed to understand about our lives and about the world. Ever onward, the church is to go, carrying the message of hope in Christ ever onward, all the way down for 2,000 years to us today. The church has moved forward through the world, carrying this message of hope in Christ, ever onward through the trials and the loss, the blood, the sweat, and the tears that they have shed and that those that came before us have have endured so that you and I might have this precious gospel, this revelation of Jesus Christ to read it for ourselves, to understand it for ourselves, to know God for ourselves. This has been the work of the church through the centuries, and Christ left his people with the revelation that he wanted them to understand, to set their feet on a rock as they moved forward from this very unique and special time that had had come prior. The church goes ever onward, battered and bruised, but never overcome. The world continues today in in perhaps more aggressive ways than we've experienced in our lifetime. to, To quiet, to silence, to intimidate. But Jesus has given us his revelation. He's told us what is actually true and what is actually real and what is actually happening. And the church will ever go onward until the groom returns to gather his church, his bride. And as I say that, and as I thought of these things, I hope, I pray that I and you and all of us together would derive strength from the nearly 2,000 years that the church has been making her way through the world and the strength that this book and this revelation of Christ gives to us. Think for a minute if we didn't have it. We didn't have the revelation of Jesus Christ, the darkness that we would be in about our own lives and about where it is that we are heading. But we are not in darkness, those that know Christ and avail themselves to his revelation. And may we realize the great privilege and legacy and obligation that we now have to carry on the work that has been brought down to us. The blessings that we have been given are now to be carried on to be a blessing to others. We are blessed in order to bless other people and to bless God with our words and our actions and our thoughts. And this has been going on and much of the strength that we gain from it is because we have the revelation of Christ. We know where this is all heading. We know we may not know all the details, or may not agree on them, but we know where it ends. Revelation contains the things God wants us as his people to know as we carry on. It tells us of things that are going to happen in the future. It does. It, it tells us the things that threaten the church. Individual churches, by extension our own, the things that threaten our church's spiritual connection with Christ, they're revealed here. Things that please God and things that displease Him, they're revealed here in the revelation of Jesus Christ. God has not left us without knowledge of the future and what is coming. We don't have to guess about it. We don't have to wonder about it. We know. Again, we do not know or possess specific or exact knowledge of all that's going to take place between now and the end of our lives or the end of the world. But we do know the ultimate end of the matter. We know the ultimate end of all these things because Christ has revealed it to us. Let me ask you some questions as the Lord asked me. The revelation of Jesus Christ as he's told us who he is and who we are and helps us understand where we're going and where this whole world, all of the river of time, as it empties again into the ocean of eternity, we know where that place is going. We know what's going to be there. Is that knowledge and awareness directing My life, is it directing yours? You see, sometimes we want to dive into the details of Revelation and have all kinds of theological discussions, and they can be helpful or interesting or whatever, one way or the other, but we cannot miss this. The ultimate end of the matter is that awareness and knowledge giving direction to your life. Is that what's driving you? Is this knowledge of the, that, God is, that the Lord has given to us in his revelation, is that awareness, the light that guides your life? What in your life and mine, what is it in our lives that, that don't make sense when we place them next to the knowledge revealed in the revelation of Jesus Christ? Knowing where this is all going, Knowing where it's all going to end. Knowing that time is short and it's near. Knowing that outside of Christ man does not have any hope in eternity. That he will forever be separated from God in darkness and cast out. Knowing that we that know him have a home in heaven that he is preparing. And a place there. Knowing that this place is not eternal, it's temporary. Knowing these things and seeing them clearly, the things that Christ has revealed to us when he saved us and forgave us and gave us peace and again set our feet on a rock and established our bearings and we are headed home to heaven. What in this life doesn't make sense in light of that revelation? There are probably some things. If we look close, maybe we don't even have to look that closely to see some things that don't make sense, given the revelation of Jesus Christ. Charles Spurgeon said it this way, Time is short. Eternity is long. It is only reasonable that this short life be lived in light of eternity. Tozer said it this way, The only safe light for our path is the light which is reflected from Christ, the light of the world. The things that Christ has revealed to us as that light shines in the darkness of this world and the darkness of our own understanding in the darkness of our own lives where we don't know which way to go and we don't know whether to turn right or left or stay still or move and we don't know how to move at all perhaps. But Christ has revealed to us and shown us where we are going and he can show us where we are to go yet today. In Psalms we are told that the word of God is a light to our feet. We look down and because we have a light to our feet in the word of God it shows us where we are. It shows our footing. It shows us that. And then not, not only is it a light to our feet it is a light to our path. It shows us where to go. And Christ has revealed these things to us. Is Christ Lighting your way through this dark world. Is the revelation of Jesus Christ lighting your way through this dark world? Or have you been living so long in its darkness that you have forgotten that you have eyes to see and a Savior who will light the way? Has the darkness grown so normal? And by the way, have all of those around us, or many, I shouldn't say all by any stretch, many, if not most, around us in this world, walking around in the darkness of their own misunderstanding, and we grow accustomed to the fact that, well, baby, darkness is just the default position. And then we stop and we say, but, but Jesus has revealed to us his truth, the truth That is, there is a revelation of the Son of God to know and to understand and that will then settle so many other things in our life. Life life is difficult. You don't have to live very long to understand that. It's hard. It's hard largely because of sin, our own and the sin of others and the fact that we just live in a fallen world. It's It's just a reality. We are going to have difficulty and trial here. But Christ has revealed to us. The revelation of Jesus Christ has come to us through his word and through his Holy Spirit. And he talks more about that in the the later verses. But we have to ask, in the midst of all of that trial and difficulty, are we relying upon Christ? Are we complicating? Are we mis- Applying what might be called the simplicity of the gospel. You know, if you're in a room with absolutely no light at all and there are some things on the floor and you're trying to walk from one end of the room to the other, you're you're at great danger of running into them, aren't you? But you turn on the light and it's not hard to avoid them. The things we struggle with often in our life are because we have not listened to the revelation of Jesus Christ about our lives, about this world, about the lives of others. It's not that it's difficult so much as we can't see. So avail yourself to the revelation of Jesus Christ and he will turn the lights on. He has revealed to us these things. And so because of that, verse 3 tells us, Blessed is the one who reads aloud. I don't think the scriptures have said aloud without a purpose. The scriptures ought to always. Of course, you can read them silently, of course, but they should be read aloud in the church for all to hear the revelation of Jesus Christ. Let this be read aloud. There are to be no hidden agendas. This is what the church is to be about. The proclamation of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Anyone who comes through the doors of our church or any other church is to, and observes its public gatherings should realize without any confusion and in very quickly that these are a people about the word of God. About the revelation of Jesus Christ. The scriptures aren't secondary. They don't take a back seat to entertainment. They don't take a back seat to any other thing in the in the service. The scriptures are the, what the people are about. A verse or two of scriptures not pulled in just to support opinions on current events merely. Well that can be useful at times. Let the scriptures be read aloud. Let the people understand that what he is talking about is the Word of God. He's not just giving a talk. He's not just sharing His opinion. He's not just giving you His wisdom. He's reading aloud the revelation of Jesus Christ. These are His truths that He has shown us. This is not just a mo- motivational speech. It should be clear when the preacher, as the as the the messenger of the gospel and the vocal uh, person in the church, it should be clear that the preacher's first concern is not what am I going to say, but instead, what has God already said? The one who hears is blessed. Not only the one who speaks it, certainly... The minister of the gospel, the one who anyone who shares the word of God is blessed when they do that. But not only that is it, he says the one who is blessed is the one who hears this revelation. The preacher proclaiming the word is blessed, but if that is all that happens, the potential for ble- blessing is only half accomplished. It's blessed, but only half so. And I'll tell you this: I know it from experience. On both sides of the equation, you can be within hearing distance of what God has to say to you and still not hear a word he says. Blessed is the one who speaks and proclaims it and reads it. Blessed is the one who hears. The preacher has some, and I believe only a little, ability to influence this. Preacher should do what he can, I believe, to communicate as, as clearly as he can. This is what God has said. It shouldn't be nonchalant. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be without, I think, some degree of passion as the Spirit of God would direct and guide it. And, and, a, and a firm belief that this is what God has said. This is not my words. These are His. It should be obvious to anyone listening to Him that it's not, He's not just telling you what He thinks are good ideas, but what He knows from personal experience will lead to everlasting life and blessed abundant life here. Should be clear. But I'll tell you this. No matter how well that is done, the hearing ultimately is the responsibility of the hearer. To hear what God says. To turn our ears away from what the world says because you can't listen to both of them at once. You're either listening to God, you're either looking for what He has revealed, or you're listening and looking at the world. You cannot look at both. Jesus said it this way, you cannot serve God and mammon. You, You have to choose what it is that you're going to listen to, to hear what God actually says, too, by the way. To be blessed as a hearer, you need to hear what God actually says, not merely what we might want Him to say or expect Him to say or prefer Him to say. To hear hear what He actually says. This is the one who is blessed as a hearer of the revelation Of God. Are you hearing the revelation of Jesus Christ in your life? Are you hearing it often enough? Is it penetrating your heart? To hear the Word of God untwisted by preconceived ideas or preferences or biases. To come to this place and hear the Word of God or to be in your closet at home in prayer with the word of God open and to want to see and have Christ revealed to you in your own heart what he has revealed in his word to make it real to you. Blessed is the one who proclaims it and reads it aloud. Blessed is the one who hears it. And thirdly, blessed is the one that keeps it. If we hear the revelation of Jesus Christ in our life and he shows us the way and we hear that and we understand that is the way that I need to go when he comes and he convicts us of sin and we know in our heart that we ought to bow upon our knees and ask for forgiveness and have faith in him that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and to make us new creatures after him so that from that moment throughout the endless age of eternity we are his child when he comes to us and he draws us to himself and he convicts us of sin, we know that we ought to go to him. Blessed is the one who not only hears it but keeps it. Does it. Blessed is the one who God calls them in their life to go somewhere or do something or speak to someone or take this job instead of that one or to, to do this with your life. Blessed is the one who actually does it who puts boots on the words and moves forward in his life. The preacher must read the word and read it aloud so the people can hear this revelation of Jesus Christ as we are given in the scriptures. The hearers must undertake the serious work of hearing what is spoken, but there is one step beyond these two, the keeping of what has been heard, what has been written. There is blessing in the reading, there is blessing in the hearing, but there is, I believe, greater and further blessing in the keeping of God's Word once read and heard. This third and last blessing, I think, is perhaps the one most often missed by us, though, isn't it? It's spoken, the revelation of Christ is spoken and read aloud. This is not the preacher's revelation. This is the revelation of Christ. This is what he has revealed. It's read. We, and not only is it read, but maybe we give it the attention that we ought to and deserve. And we hear and we think, Oh my, oh, I, am a, I'm a creature made in the image of God. And I'm, I'm here for just a little while. And I don't know tomorrow is not given to me. I, I don't know what's, what's in front of me yet. Time is, 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 is uncertain. And so, because of that, I am going to go where He sends me. I'm going to do what he tells me to do, but maybe you have been in a situation where you were present when God's word was spoken, and you heard it, lost and saved alike by the way, maybe you lost and God's word has come and convicted your heart, and you heard it. you can't deny it, and I will tell you this I've said it before once once that line has been crossed and God has has revealed to you your lost state, you, you cannot go back. You cannot come back to the safety on this side of the lack of awareness and knowledge of sin. It's there and it will forever be there. It will either be forgiven in the blood of Christ or it will be paid for in your eternal casting away from God. But maybe you've heard it and you've walked away, maybe you're you're saved, and God has revealed something to you in your heart. He says, do i need I want you I am calling you to do whatever that it is and i I don't even want to begin to put examples out there because I don't pretend to know what God might be saying to you in your heart. You've heard it maybe in the past, it's been spoken and 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 you walked away like a man with a sickness who knows the remedy but refuses to take the medicine. That's like a man who doesn't know how to get where he is going and refuses to use the map he's been given. A man who stays in darkness when he's been given a light. That's what that's like. And finally here, the revelation of Christ revelation that he has given, that he is going to lay out and has already laid out as he gives it and he calls us to speak it why does the preacher read the word? why must we hear? why must we keep it? because the last five words of these three verses for the time is near The time is near. That time that you think you have, you don't. If my math is right, I'm about 67% of the way through a life that would end at 80 years old. I may be at 99.9% of my life. I don't know. That time you think you have, you don't. Now is the time to hear the word, to hear the revelation of Christ, to obey it. The time you think you have, you don't. It may come, but you don't know. You don't hold it in your hand. It may never come. And Jesus reminds us of this in John 14, 2. Verses 2 and 3 In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, what I w- would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And the time is near. It's near. The time when I am going to go home and be with the Lord forever is near. I don't know exactly how near. I just know it is near. Revelation 22, verse 20. He who testifies these things says, Jesus does. Surely I am coming soon. And John writes, Amen. So come. It's coming. Has Jesus revealed anything to your heart this morning? Has the revelation of Jesus Christ been made known to you? And I don't know what he might have told you. I know what the gospel says. If you don't know the Lord, I pray that you would come to him in repentance and faith. If you do know him, that you would live in a greater light of the revelation that he has given understand that the time is near, that we are to keep what we have heard, and that if we do that, if we hear it and we keep it, we are blessed, and soon the blessings will be far greater than we could ever imagine here. The revelation of Jesus Christ. These are just, just the preparation for what he is going to say to these churches and what he might say to you and me. But if we do not root ourselves solidly in the reality that Christ reveals things to us, and he has things to say to us, we might miss something. So I pray that the Lord would be with his word today in your heart, that you would come to him if he is drawing you, you would, would keep what you have heard.